It was an all-too-familiar script as the Giants fell to the Marlins yesterday in that they put up some early runs, but then the offense went cold in the second half of the game and the lead the Giants had slowly dwindled away. This time it wasn't the bullpen, but the continued struggles of Logan Webb. And so how much concern is there? How do they break out of this funk and why help is on the way? You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already, and hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MLB60 and use code MLB60 for 60% off plus free shipping. And coming up on today's show, a familiar script, as I mentioned just a second ago, uh, in that for the past several games really going back to the game against the Royals in which the Giants blew a 5-1 to lead, we are seeing a consistent theme here. And more so in the last three games, certainly in the last two, just where they're able to get off to a, to a lead and then not continue to add on offensively and then just let the inferior opponent chip away and come back. And so, so many of these games have been winnable. And so when it's early in the season and we're talking about three or four games that really the Giants probably should have won that they lost, that explains being five and 10. And just think about it. If you could just have won two of those three or four games that you should have won, you would be seven and eight instead of five and 10. And so it looks really ugly at this point in time. And it's super hard to watch and it's extremely frustrating and it's extremely frustrating for everybody involved, the players, the coaches, the front office, the organization at large and the fans. And so right now they're just in a bad way. And, you know, you've got your ace on the mound. You've given him this five-year, $90 million contract. You've given him a lead. You're playing the Marlins, who have a decent record, but as I talked about yesterday, they don't have a good run differential, and so looks a little bit like they're due for some losses, essentially. And yet, they're the ones able to pull out the miraculous 4-3 to win on a two-out, kind of devastating home run that flipped a 3-2 to Giants lead into a 4-3 to Marlins lead and that was the final score and Jorge Soler uh, Logan Webb just hung a slider to Jorge Soler with two outs there in the bottom of the seventh inning and he made Logan Webb pay and so on the season I mean it just continues a theme that we've seen from Logan Webb and you know it's something I've defended 
over and over in that it doesn't seem like a sustainable trend. And that is the home run ball for the team at large and specifically for a guy like Logan Webb, who, you know, we're always talking about him as a great ground ball pitcher and uh, therefore kind of relatedly doesn't give up a lot of home runs. And so far this season, Logan Webb has given up five home runs last year. Uh, in 192 innings, Logan Webb gave up 11 home runs. This year, he's only thrown 23 and two-thirds innings. In 2021, Logan Webb gave up nine home runs in 148 innings. And now, he's, like I said, he's given up more than half of that in 23 innings. And so that just kind of goes to show you how it's uncharacteristic, to say the least. I mean, per nine innings in his career— Coming into this season, Logan Webb was allowing, what was it, uh, 0.6 home runs per nine innings. So about one every other nine innings. So that's, you know, certainly way less than one per start. And so far this year, he's allowing almost two home runs per nine innings. And so, you know, that seemingly is like the difference between having success and having failure. And it was once again, the difference in the game last night. Yes, the offense was a part of it because they put up some early runs. And let's not forget, they put up some early runs against Jesus Lozardo. The Giants have had all kinds of trouble recently with left-handed pitchers. And Luzardo is one of the best in the game right now. And he looked good. And yet the Giants kind of grinded out there at bats and they pushed across some early runs. Sounds familiar. We saw that exact same thing uh, against the Tigers in the second game of that series. And we saw it against the Royals in the, was it the middle game or the last game, the middle game of the series where the Giants got up to a five to one lead. And so several, at least two of these games, like the five to one lead against the Royals and the six to one lead to the Tigers, those are games you're going to win 95% of the time. Or more, to be honest. But they lost them both. And then yesterday, a 3-0 lead against the Marlins with Logan Webb on the mound. That's a game you're going to win the majority of the time, you would think. But, you know, and it's not like we can point to Gabe Kapler or anything like that, in my opinion. The bullpen has been dreadful so far this season. And so I don't blame him one bit for leaving in Logan Webb to face Jorge Soler in that situation, even though it was late in the game. Jorge Soler came into that at bat, who he was pinch hitting, by the way, 0 for 10 with seven strikeouts against Logan Webb. And so you want to talk about ownage is ownage. Well, not necessarily. I, uh, it, it, it is until it isn't. And, and baseball is unpredictable. And he just hung a slider. If you throw that pitch, you know, a few inches off the plate, he probably swings and misses or hits a weak ground ball or something. But he doesn't drive it over the center field wall. And so right now the Giants are just, they they can't get out of this formula and they just cannot win a game. They are finding ways to lose games and it's tough to watch. There were certainly some positives to take out of this game. We had a Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos moment for the first time ever. It was the first career double, first career RBI for Elliot Ramos. And so that's nice and refreshing to see some of the Giants homegrown first round talent of previous years you know we're talking a long time ago 2017 for Ramos 2018 for Bart in terms of when they were drafted and so 19 20 21 22 20, five years later pretty much 
to finally have a moment where those two kind of single-handedly contribute to a run in a game, that's a long time to wait. And so that was a positive to come out of this game. And then the early offense was also a positive, but just the inability to keep it going has been a consistent theme and issue. But really, you should be able to win a game too when you have your ace on the mound and you put him out to a three to nothing lead. And so Logan Webb knows this. He knows he has to be better. So kind of in a minute, I want to get a little bit deeper into the numbers. Is it really just the home runs that's going on with Logan Webb? Is it really just a fluke or is there more to be concerned about? And we're also going to get into how J.D. Davis is playing himself into an everyday role with his awesome play at the plate and in the field unexpectedly and how help for the Giants is on the way and it could make a huge difference honestly I believe so we'll get into all of that in just a minute but before we do this episode is brought to you by So Rare our new sponsor So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you play, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So Rare recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Julio Rodriguez and Juan Soto to serve as brand ambassadors. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn, that's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com, to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All right, as promised, uh, more about the San Francisco Giants. They're 5-10. and 10. It's certainly not a good start. And, you know, I was just thinking about this earlier today. They may not have another stretch of 15 games where they go 5-10 and 10 or worse. This is just about, just about as poor of a start as could have been realistically expected. You know, you've got some teams out there like the Oakland A's who are, what, like 3-14 and 14, just having truly miserable starts and the Giants are close to that but they're not there yet uh, they're not quite at that level keep in mind too the Philadelphia Phillies the defending National League champions I know they don't have Bryce Harper but they still do have you know some dudes Zach Wheeler Aust- uh, Aaron Nola Kyle Schwarber Nick Castellanos JT Real Muto Trey Turner you know they've they're a good star-studded type of team and they were also five and ten they then went won their next game which the Giants haven't had a chance to do yet and you would think at some point the Giants would be capable of pulling out a win that's kind of how baseball goes is you win some of them but as a Giants fan I mean you're cranky right now I'm cranky right now because it has been poor baseball for at least kind of a week straight and it's and some brutal losses mixed in they're all one run losses or extra inning losses and you got to win some of those. And I don't really put it on Kapler because literally like every guy that he's brought out there out of the bullpen, I guess with the exception of Tyler Rogers and Scott Alexander probably, but every other guy has been trouble. And 
I don't know what you're supposed to do about that. And what what he's been doing is leaving in the starters longer with Di Scofani. He gave him, he pitched into the seventh inning and he really should have got out of it. But Brandon Crawford making uncharacteristic three errors. I know they only counted it as two, but it was really three. So it's just weird results right now. And it feels like the Giants are cursed in a way because this is just not normal. They're not just getting like beat. They're not just getting beat down, start to finish. Other team plays better. Giants are putting themselves in positions to win games and finding ways to lose those games. By the way, Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to be discussing can the Giants bounce back and get a win? They are not facing a left-handed pitcher as far as I am concerned, and that is a good thing for the Giants right now, except they're missing some key lefties in their lineup as well. And so right now, it's kind of like lefty or righty. You maybe don't want to face either of them. The Giants play the Marlins tonight at 340 Pacific. It's really Every game right now feels big for the Giants. Alex Wood on the mound, a righty on the mound for the Marlins. Hopefully that works out in the Giants' favor. Catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app Search Giants. And so, yes, uh, there are a couple things to say here. Like I said, J.D. Davis kind of playing out of his mind, including defensively. Talk about the unpredictability of baseball, right? And I've mentioned this in the offseason. People, there was all this talk about the defense. And it's kind of a weird thing that I've noticed over the years with baseball is that year to year, different stuff crops up that you might not have expected to crop up every season. And I remember like the bullpen was the big issue in 2016 when the Giants collapsed in that division series against the Cubs and that bullpen collapse was months in the making down the stretch in 2016 and it just carried over into into the division series and then in the offseason they're like we need to address the bullpen and so they went out and they got Mark Melanson uh, to be that guy who was going to fix everything. And then he comes in and he just wasn't that guy at all. And then they had all kinds of other problems in 2017. And so, so far this season, outside of some weirdness with Brandon Crawford and a David VR mental mistake and a Blake Sable really poor, costly route in the outfield, the Giants' defense has been a strength, relatively speaking, in 2023. And so just because it was a problem last year doesn't always mean it becomes a problem in the subsequent year. And so far, the, the defense has not been the problem. The problem has been the bullpen, but it's a lot of the starters pitching out of the bullpen. It's like when Ross Stripling has pitched out of the bullpen, when Sean Manaya pitched out of the bullpen, Sean Jelly has had his struggles out of the bullpen. Jacob Junis has been pretty solid, but not the sharpest. Uh, and then, of course, Taylor Rogers has just been uh, in a deep, deep struggle. And so, I mean, the bullpen struggled last year. It's struggling now, but it's also a different group. So it's not like the same guys. And I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that they would be a much improved unit. And I'm not saying after 15 games that I'm completely walking away from that. You look at some of the performances, it's just unsustainably poor performance, like with Stripling and with Taylor Rogers. Those guys are better than this, and we just need to see it. And right now, they can't be trusted, and so it's led to some weirdness where you're not using Taylor Rogers where you otherwise would. And even Doval, you know, his one, I mean, he had the, the save against the Yankees and the Giants' first win against 
uh, of the year, and that was really shaky. And then giving up the walk-off three-run homer against the Tigers, fell behind in the count 3-0, which is a big factor there. If you can just get ahead and throw strikes in that at-bat, maybe it turns out differently. But anyway, J.D. Davis defensively, like talk about unpredictable, right? If you had told me who would have gone into the J.D. Davis has a reputation of being a poor defender, but he has just made consistently good play after consistently good play over at third base. And it's going to be hard to take him out of the lineup, lefty or righty on the mound. And so, you know, you're starting to notice some things like Brandon Crawford has been a liability at the plate and in the field. And you start to wonder like, okay, do you find a way to mix in David VR every day? Uh, maybe does Crawford start to get platooned a little bit more where that moves maybe Estrada? If you're facing a lefty, you put Estrada at short and VR at second and JD Davis at third. And then you eventually start to think if Crawford continues to struggle and Casey Schmidt does well in AAA, do you start to think about maybe Schmidt getting an opportunity to play some shortstop? And so we're kind of at that point. We're not quite there yet, but where you start to notice this guy's playing well, this guy's really not playing well. And if it doesn't turn around, then it's time to start considering making some moves. We're not quite there yet, and they're really banged up. And so you're seeing kind of backup to the backup to the backup type of situations. And to their credit, the depth that the Giants have, they're able to put out decent lineups, I would say, despite missing so many guys, especially against a left-handed pitcher. You're missing like two of your most important, arguably your most important two right-handed hitters against a left-handed pitcher in Mitch Hanniger and Austin Slater. The good news being both of those players are on rehab assignments finally. Austin Slater has been in Sacramento. I'm not sure he's played the field yet, but I know he's been DHing at least and has played in at least a few games. And so he's on the way back. And so having Slater, I mean, what we're seeing right now, in my opinion, is like when we're talking about the bullpens of these other teams being able to shut the Giants down after some early scoring, perhaps, the Giants can kind of set their lineup against the particular starter, but then the opposing manager can kind of create some shenanigans where the Giants normally would be doing more pinch hitting, but they're not able to do it as much. Like right now, you don't have Jock Peterson to go to as a righty off the bench or as a lefty off the bench against a righty uh, in a big spot. And so you're seeing them instead stick with like Darren Ruff facing a righty, which is not what you want. And Lamont Wade Jr. sticking in there facing a lefty when you would like to probably pinch hit with a righty. And so we're seeing a lot of that. And I think that that contributes to why they're not, you know, Mike Yastrzemski facing a lot of left-handed pitching as well. And that it's just contributing to the inability to break through later in the game. Like if you can get Jock Peterson up with two guys on and one out against a somewhat decent reliever, but not a great one. That's a matchup where a lot of the time he's going to do some damage. He's going to hit you a three-run homer. He's going to add to your lead in a big way, and then that's going to seal the win, basically. But right now, they just don't have that option. And Michael Conforto hasn't been able to really contribute much at all. I think he has like two at-bats in the last three games because he's dealing with this lingering calf issue. So tonight, with them facing a righty, 
I'll be very interested to see, is he in that starting lineup? Can he at least DH? And if he can't, I mean, they pinch hit for Darren Ruff with a lefty, and I thought it was a you know big spot, and you could have gone to Michael Conforto, but they went to Matt Beatty. And so that just tells me the calf isn't doing great, and that's not great for the Giants. So, yeah, they they need guys to get healthy. Mitch Hanniger and Austin Slater, I think, make a huge difference. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to kind of look at what might that roster look like? What might that lineup look like with guys fully healthy? Because I truly believe it makes a huge difference. And that could be what helps the Giants turn all of this around is when their lineup is at full strength. Because at full strength, I think it's a pretty dangerous lineup. Right now, it's solid, but it's you know, that inability to get the platoon matchup, I think, is hurting them in some of these late inning matchups against some tough relievers. So we'll get into that in just a minute. But before we do. All right, as promised, I just want to take a look at what are what are we going to see? Like, we're going to have to see some corresponding roster moves. These guys are not necessarily super close. Obviously, I would imagine Slater is a little bit closer to returning than Mitch Hanniger, considering the word is on Hanniger that he's going to start his rehab assignment today in Sacramento. And so, man, do I hope for nothing more than for Hanniger to have like a successful rehab assignment in Sacramento, come to the big leagues and just be healthy the rest of the season. They need that. They need Conforto and Hanniger to have a really good season. I think they need both of those guys on the field and producing. We saw what Conforto can do. I mean, he was on his way to having a nice start to the season, but just not being able to play takes one of their most impactful players out of the lineup. And then losing Jock Peterson to the injured list, it's kind of the same thing. And by the way, you can find the Giants playing the Marlins at 3.40 p.m. Pacific today. Catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app Search Giants. Big game. Alex Wood on the mound. Righty on the mound. I'm trying to remember who his name is. Uh, Edward Cabrera on the mound for the Marlins. This guy, he's a, he's a solid pitcher. 109 career innings. ERA of 3.86. The peripherals are higher than that. So like I said, with run differential, the Marlins are due for some regression. They do not deserve to be over 500. They've been outscored on the season by like 25 runs. Doesn't make sense to be over 500 when you've been outscored by a lot on the season. And so perhaps today is the day. I mean, this guy, he has had command issues. The Giants work counts. He's a right-handed pitcher. You're going to see Wade in there. Wade leads the major leagues in walk rate and is up there and on base percentage, like second or third in the league. And so that's what I'm looking out for tonight. But with guys returning, I mean, think about a potential lineup for the Giants where guys are healthy. And I think for, for Hanniger, part of what helps is he's not a platoon player. And I think for the most part with Conforto, you wouldn't see him being platooned as well. So far, Wade in his platoon has been a smashing success. I mean, Wade is off to a really good start. He's looked good enough in terms of health to be able to comfortably have me have him in the outfield. I think that he can play the outfield and it's he has been. And that adds to the versatility and the value of Lamont Wade Jr. And then Tyro Estrada, I just think there's no doubt he's entrenched at second base right now. 
maybe he moves off of second to play left or whatever or play shortstop that allows David Villar to play second at times. But Estrada is pretty much in the lineup every day unless he just simply needs a day off for health reasons. But, you know, he's one of their better players. I think he's perhaps on his way to a breakout season, as I predicted many times in the offseason. And so no problems with Wade, no problems with Estrada. If Conforto is healthy, having him right in the middle of that lineup in right field, just consistently uh, not being platooned. J.D. Davis has earned his way, whether it's, I mean, it's maybe D.H. right now, although Darren Ruff is doing a lot of the, they're kind of platooning at D.H. with Darren Ruff and Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson hurt, so it's like Darren Ruff and Matt Beatty, but... Anyway, J.D. Davis, I think, is another guy who just pretty much belongs in the lineup every day right now, given how how well he's playing and given that the team is in desperate need of some wins. He's a guy who just belongs out there. Mike Yastrzemski, probably a platoon player, and that's where Austin Slater comes in. And so if you look at, I just see it consistently, the quality of the at-bats of Yastrzemski against a lefty are just much worse than the quality of the at-bats when he's facing a righty. It's tough. Major League pitching is really, really tough, and it's much tougher when you're facing a lefty as a left-handed hitter. It just is a tougher angle. The ball's coming from basically behind you versus kind of coming from away from you and into you. It's just a much tougher angle and visual for the hitter. And so I see a lot of uncomfortable at-bats when Yastrzemski's in there against a lefty, but, you know, what he provides on defense, what he, you know, the power potential... The fact that bullpen guys come in eventually and they're right-handed, that's why he's in there. They're just limited right now. But uh, if Slater comes back, I think he's the obvious guy to get platooned there. David Villar, he's kind of on the bubble for me. He had a big hit against Luzardo, but he's had some struggles at times. And if J.D. Davis is playing so well at third, do you against a right-handed pitcher, I'll be really interested to see, do they find a way to get VR and JD Davis into the lineup? Maybe Davis DHs, maybe Ruff doesn't start and you have VR at third and JD Davis DHing, or you keep Davis at third where he's played so well defensively and VR goes, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with so many guys banged up. It'll be interesting to see if J.D. Davis and VR are in the same lineup. Brandon Crawford, he's got a lot to prove to me. Like he has struggled at the plate. He struggled in the field. And so you start to think about alternatives if that continues. Joey Bart has has done well in his brief little kind of experience here since getting called back up after the early season injury. The numbers are weird. Got a 571 average on balls in play, which is unsustainably high. He hasn't walked. He's got just one extra base hit. And so I'm saying like the jury is still out on Joey Bart, but obviously the the results have been pretty good so far in the small sample. And I really hope he keeps it up. Blake Sable, you know, if the team's not winning and he's not performing and we saw a terrible route that was costly in a game against Detroit, the, the time starts to tick on Blake Sable, especially if Gary Sanchez starts to get things going. And then once you have Mitch Hanniger back, kind of takes Sable out of that outfield role. And then maybe you start to feel more comfortable about Wade potentially playing more outfield. And maybe that is what opens up first base for perhaps J.D. Davis to play every day. And so this is kind of the beauty of having a roster that is so versatile is that it allows you, based on who's performing and who's not, to get 
moved around and changed things up and create opportunities for other guys like Casey Schmidt or whoever. Uh, and then it, some of your righties in platoon roles, Elliot Ramos, I think he's basically starting in the outfield against lefties for now. But but once Slater and Hanniger are back, I would imagine that Ramos is a guy who would be sent down. There's really just not room for him in that case. So anyway, that's kind of how I see it. Slater and Hanniger make a big difference, but also getting guys like Peterson and Conforto healthy also matters. And so as we have said all offseason, health, you know, barring health, it's a big part of it. And so far they've not been healthy. And it is just 15 games. And so for all we know, for their next, you know, 150 games or so that they'll be largely healthy. But so far they've been banged up. But I thought they've put out some pretty decent lineups regardless. And that's not really why they're losing. They're losing winnable games for various reasons. And seemingly, you know, you know how they say a different guy helping us win every night when teams are going well. Right now, it's like a different guy, a different just specific one pitch or moment costing them a game every night is how it feels. And so hopefully today is when you turn the tide. As I said yesterday, you can still win a series. I said yesterday, you can still sweep a series, but obviously now you can't. But hey, you can still win this series and end up with a two and three road trip. And it would be not great, but it would be not a disaster. And so that's that's the best case scenario for now. And that's what I'm looking forward to hopefully happening. The Giants play the Marlins tonight at 340 Pacific Alex Wood on the mound for the Giants. He's pitched pretty well this year. It's a big game. Pretty sure he pitched pretty well in Miami at some point last year. I could be misremembering that. But righty on the mound for the Giants. Finally, you're going to see a little bit of a different lineup. Remember when the last time they faced a righty, it was Michael Lorenzen, and they got those six early runs against him. So let's see if they can keep it up against right-handed pitching. They need it pretty desperately. Catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Caspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Caspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow discussing, can the Giants get this done? They need a win. They need a win. Can they get it done We'll be breaking it down tomorrow. So thanks again for listening today. You are now Locked on Giants.